Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glammere. Hi, I'm Dr. Tavis Amir, and you are joining me for Glammere. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glammere. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Glammere. I am so excited. I have Carson Cressley with me today. Oh, it's just me. Don't get, I mean, just remain calm. <laughs> remain calm. You know, I when I first think about reality TV, I think about when it started for me. And it was you and Bravo in 2003 with Queer Eye for a Straight Guy. Like, you guys kind of right. defined reality in my opinion yeah I mean it was you know there were certainly other reality shows and like I think MTV had really like kind of like started with the real world um, but it wasn't like everybody had a reality show and no. like like now I feel like I know like five people that I just like happen to know and they're like oh I'm doing my own reality show yeah. I'm like what well that's what happens um, it's funny because real world was like the one that kind of got right. me into it but like for Bravo and for, for the, what it is today with right. the housewives it was really yeah. I think you guys Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely think that we did kind of, you know, Bravo was fantastic and um, always, you know, very grateful to them because they believed in this project. You know, we took Queer Eye for the Straight Guy to like 10 other networks uh, yeah. and everyone was like, it's called what? Yeah. Um, no, because thanks. The name was controversial. It the was name sort of... was a little controversial. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember even myself like, oh, my God. This is awesome. <laughs> right. Know? And so here, you know, the, the thing that I thought was so amazing about that is that you're from that, you've created this fabulous career. Thank and you, you have hustle. Like, I like that word. Yeah. Because you're a New Yorker like myself. Yes. And you are, take the opportunities and you run with them. And everything you've done has been just continuous success. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I feel like I haven't really worked for 13 years because, um, you know, I had a regular day job at Ralph Lauren and yeah. it was wonderful and great and I got a great education there and I learned so much about the fashion business and so much about marketing and, um, but it was one of those things where like you had to be there like Monday through Friday. Yeah. And, you needed a um, day job. Um, this other stuff doesn't pay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but ever since Queer Eye and that was kind of, um, it, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial, and even when Queer Eye first came around, they said, you know, um, we're going to go to series, we're going to make eight episodes, and we didn't get paid much, and they said, are you ready to quit your job? And I was like, um, do you have dental insurance? Because, do you have any insurance? <laughs> yeah, because I had a great job, um, but I took that risk, and ever since then, I've really, I haven't had a day job, so it feels like I haven't really worked in so long, but I get to do really fun things. I get to do movies and television and write books and uh, do speaking gigs, and it's I've been very, very lucky and I've also combined it with like a big hustle f um, factor. And I always kind of say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I call that the William Shatner theory because I think he did the same thing. <laughs> um, and um, you never know like what job is going to lead to like another job. So it's uh, called networking. It's called, yeah, you know, I guess. It's, it's, it's like a small, it's, I think Richard Branson said it. He said something to the effect of just say yes right. and you'll figure it out kind of thing. Yeah, so. that's totally what I do. Yeah. And usually I'm, I get myself in big trouble. I'm like, oh, I've never done a play before with 90 pages of dialogue. I'll figure it out. And you do. Yeah, you um, sure but sometimes do. it's a little daunting. I know. Well, you know, I I want to kind of obviously talk into the fact 
that you you're an Emmy award winning TV personality, you're New York Times bestselling author. Like, hello, hail to the king over here. But um, you know, what is the difference between somebody like yourself and other people who are on your show and other people who are on other shows oh. who have their show and then you never hear from them again? Uh, hmm. I'll tell you what I think. I don't really <laughs> know. I mean. Um, I think uh, th- this is the thing that I think um, sometimes people feel that like when they get on TV and they get their show that it's like they've been discovered yeah. and they're going to be on the fast track. And like I even thought that I was like, wow, my first show out of the gate, it did so well. I guess I'll start doing movies and I'll get my own show. And you think all this stuff, but really like it, it doesn't work that way. Like you have to stay top of mind um, with people in the industry who are making those decisions. You have to... Um, be entrepreneurial all the time while you're doing one thing that's succeeding you have to think about the next thing that you're going to be doing yes because the thing that's succeeding won't last forever so I didn't have like a real plan as far as like well I'm going to do this show and then I want to segue into this like I just kind of always looked for opportunities and said yes Mm -hmm. and then fortunately I had something that was happening when the other one ended then I would have something else and they're not all as successful no I mean some shows like are big flops and you do like one season and people are like I did a show I wouldn't call it a flop but it wasn't like a great fit for me it was called Crowned the Mother of All Pageants and it was a mother daughter beauty pageant that on the CW I did not know I did not um, know you did and that and it was right after Queer Eye and I was like I guess this is going to be a big hit too and it was like womp womp um, <laughs> womp womp but it was a job yeah and um, it was with um some great executives who are now working somewhere else. And, and they always remember you. They remember you and you'd have a meeting with them and when, when something's happening in their world, they say, mm, I think maybe Carson could be good for this. Let's reach out to him. So it's also never burn a bridge. Because never burn a bridge. It's they're but make always, relationships. those executives are constantly moving around and the good ones that you like and that like and respect you are going to move to different places and think about you and the ones that maybe didn't get you and weren't super supportive they're also going to move so and they might show up where you're working and you're like oh no so you've got to keep it keep it cool well I think that what you said is so important and I can see that about you like what you do is you are open and you're hungry and you remember that even though you say it doesn't feel like you've been working for 13 years I bet if you list everything you've done the past 13 years it's a lot it doesn't feel like work because you love it but yeah it doesn't I mean every job has their thing where there's days where you're just like oh I can't believe I have to do this but in the grand scheme of things like having flexibility and being kind of your own boss and controlling your destiny is so much more fun than it, it sure going is going to an office every day I mean some people like that for me it just wasn't it wasn't optimal for me I'm a doctor I was in an office every day my first thing out the gate right. was to build my own practice and then when I got the whole Bravo thing on my end right. I thought to myself this is amazing because I realized I can do so much more with my voice but mm-hmm. I also know that this isn't going to last for Ever. So sure. I can relate to what you're saying. Um, I want to ask you about your books because there's a book that sure. you have. Your current book is called, I love this name. Thank you. Who came up with this name? Does this book make my butt look big? I'm really good with a title. I love that. Um, I Who doesn't want to read that? Yeah, I come up with titles of TV shows all the time. I'm like, great title. What's it about? I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> I've only gotten the title done. Um, what do you think it's about? Um, and this book was similar to that. Like, I just... I was doing a lot of Instagram photos and I always thought like, does this make my butt look big is a funny line. Uh And I would caption like me in front of like the pyramids saying, does this pyramid make my butt look big? (laughs) Or like me with like a lemur in uh, Madagascar. And I would say, does this lemur make my butt look big? So (laughs) I I was doing that a lot. And then I thought, hmm, that's kind of a great title for a women's style guide. And I should have done a women's style guide a long time ago, but I was kind of busy. And I finally had like, six months off and I was just like I'm gonna you know get started on this and it took about a year to write it 
I love but this. I love the title, Does This Book Make My Butt Look Big? Because it elicits a laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to disarm people. Yeah. And make them realize, you know, so many women, when I was interviewing them for this book, were saying that getting dressed in the morning is super stressful. Yeah. And I've never felt like that. I've always felt like getting dressed in the morning was like, putting on a costume or a suit of armor or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm always excited by it and yes there are those mornings where I'm just like I have nothing to wear right. but most of the time I'm really um, energized by getting dressed and I wanted to share that more lighthearted approach with my readers and say listen there's a lot of things to be stressed on stressed over out in this world because it's crazy but getting dressed shouldn't be one of them so I wanted to do this with a sense of humor you know it is a sense of humor and I you know I saw this book cover and I I was like I need to talk to him because this is like the best book cover I love how you got the, the 10 step closet enema that was yes. I was like looking at the titles and I'm like that is genius because who does glam form your closet I mean yeah there's a lot of there's a chapter called are you there QVC it's me Margaret about shopping on TV <laughs> and navigating outlet malls and um, five upgrades that make everybody look amazeball. Yeah, it's a it's really approachable, fun, great, easy read to just style. Yeah, it's because it's people kind can't of, teach you style. No, and that's why I, I you know, I, I researched a lot of the other books that are out there and there's some great people who have done style guides in the last five or six years, but they're a little serious mm-hmm. and they say like, you have to have like this little black dress and you have to have that. For some people never need a little black dress. Yeah. Um, a lot of like, you know, of my readers, they're busy. They have kids. Mm-hmm. They have jobs. They have husbands. They have partners. Um, and they don't take a lot of time for themselves. And one of they the don't. big and that's a big female thing too. You yeah, know, caretaker it's, thing. It's a, a thing that I discovered. I did a show for Lifetime called "How to Look Good Naked." Yeah, I remember that title. Yeah, and um, it was about women who had um, body issues, and a lot of it was body dysmorphia, and the issues weren't as bad as they thought. But women are so used to comparing themselves to celebs they see on red carpets or models they see in fashion or, or beauty Instagram. Ads. It's starting a or lot younger Instagram. with these girls. Yeah, yeah. and um, those images aren't really necessarily real or accurate Um, and they're certainly not something that most women can um, can compete with or or attain so you know a big part of the book is talking about body image and saying listen don't compare yourself to 13 year old Latvian girls in Lancome commercials because they're airbrushed and you know it's hard to look like that yeah Um, but just try to be the best version of yourself yeah Um, and and having worked with a lot of models and younger girls like I see that the biggest rise in um, plastic surgery Mm -hmm. cosmetic surgery are millennials and younger really it really is and it's sort of like this am I pretty enough and it's because of the Instagram posts and um, you know the celebrities out there at such a young age and of course it's translating to fashion you know because a lot of the fashion sometimes people look at them and be like oh I could never wear that for my body type right well your body type is actually pretty banging. Yeah, you can wear right, it. Right, right. And and so many people, you know, think that. Um, I talk about this in the book too. Like, I could never wear that. And then, like, five or ten years pass, and they say, "Oh my God, I should have worn that while I could while because I, could. I was really hot back then." Yeah. Um, and there's a thing in the book where I talk about, you know, if you have a hot night out or you have a great picture of you, put it on your bathroom mirror. Yeah. And um, look at that every morning when you're getting dressed because it's proof that you have the 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 ability and the and the power to be gorgeous. Yeah. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves that 
our best version of ourselves is just fine. And you know, I think that uh, that's the one thing that I've always loved about you. And when I hear you talk, you're always ha- approaching this with a sense of humor. Right. But you're always like kind of giving people this thing of like, love yourself all the time. Love yourself when you feel the lowest. Right. Because you're okay. Yeah. I'm a bit of a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, I do love to, um, and that's, you know, I've done a lot of makeovers from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy mm-hmm. to How to Look Good Naked to the Oprah Winfrey Show. And I've always used that same approach. It's like, let's not be too serious about it yeah um let's have a laugh because if we don't laugh we might cry yeah um and then let's make the most of what you've got you know everybody has something about themselves that they love everybody has things about themselves and their bodies that they're not crazy about so let's maximize the positive and minimize the things that we don't love and the funny thing is too let's talk about bodies okay okay when i was growing up I was of the kind of time period, and um, I'm in my late 30s. Uh-huh, you it was, look fantastic. Thank you. I feel fantastic, and I'm not ashamed. But I'm saying, right. like, when I grew up, it was like skinny was in. Right. No butt, no no curves. Right. Your lips, everything was just super, thin. super thin. Right. And all of a sudden now, it's like blonde hair, blue eyes, and now it's like pow, like right. curves, butt. Like, yeah. does this book make my butt look fat? Does anything make my butt look fat? When I was a kid, was a bad thing. Right. <laughs> And yeah, I know people have said, you know, about the title, they're like, oh, is that a good or a bad thing? I'm like, it's kind of, it's both Whatever you want it to Um, be. If you want your butt to be big, then yes, it looks huge. And if you don't want it to be big, then no, it's, I can barely, where is it? I can't see it at all. (laughs) I just want a butt. And like, that was never when I was a kid. So it's kind of like, like, it's interesting for me because the stuff that wasn't cool now is so unbelievably cool. So it's like, you have to understand that things change, Yes, you know, and sometimes the things that you think that are, um, outside of what is normal and cool will someday be you got to love yourself that right you know yeah i mean it's just it's it, we're always changing yeah. and um i think that's you know even you know for good or for bad like even when i was like doing queer eye like i remember being like a, this skinny little like gay kid that was going to my mall and people would be like ew there's that queer guy and then like after queer eye for the <laughs> like, straight yeah, guy they're like oh my god you there's that the queer guy back. yeah but then you like, took the bird back you um, know? yeah so things things change so yeah. the moral of that story is hang in there yeah i want to give people a, a little bit of a preview of the book titles okay like a little bit of a synopsis oh my other mind. books yes yeah well this one i want to um talk about one a couple of these titles and then there is another book I would love you to just sure. discuss. You did right before this. Out with the old, in with the ooh. Ooh. Yes. Uh, sometimes, you know, purging that closet is so cathartic. It's it's really, it's one of those things that feels so great, but it's one of those things that we all avoid. Yeah. Um, and there's a variety of reasons. Like you might have paid a lot of money for some of your clothes and you didn't feel like you've worn them the enough. Tags are still on. Tags them. are still on. You're, th- you're like giving them away. Well, you know, they can go to great places like Dress for Success or Clothes Off Our Back mm-hmm. or Goodwill. I mean, keep in mind that, you know, they can have a secondary life. Yeah. Um, other things, sometimes, you know, we hold on to things because they're sentimental. Oh, that was like the blouse I wore on my first date with my, you know, husband or girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those reasons. But when it comes down to it, it, if you have all this stuff in your closet and it's stuff that doesn't work, it doesn't fit, it doesn't flatter, it's out of style, it's only cluttering your mind and your mourning. And I always say, like, do this 10-step closet enema, get rid of everything that doesn't work, and then in the morning you're faced with only things that will give you a positive result, Mm -hmm. and you're going to start your day off on a much better foot than if you've tried on jeans that don't fit you. Oh, God. Which is a huge, like, emotional and mental, like, buzzkill. When you try on a pair of jeans that don't fit, they won't come up past the hips, you're just like, your whole week's ruined. (laughs) Totally. Possibly even your month. Possibly even your month. So throw that thing out, but it's kind of, uh, I actually totally get what you're 
saying because in the morning when you wake up and you go to get your clothing, and right. after, there's so many things there that you're never going to use. Yes. You're missing all of it for for that one yeah. item. We all have probably, we all have thousands of pieces of clothing, but we have nothing to wear. Yeah. Maybe not thousands. Maybe that's a little insane. Well, some but, people do. Um, <laughs> but we, we all have, most of us have a lot more stuff than we need. Yeah. There's a thing even in the book about like living out of your suitcase for two weeks. And it's basically, you know, take your big suitcase, put in all of your favorite pieces, including the shoes, and see if you can't live out of that for two weeks. And I'm almost certain that everybody will be able to do just fine for every event in their life by living out of it. With the items that would fit in a large suitcase. One suitcase or three? I'm getting one. One. <laughs> it's actually true because, like, when I when I fly out from the east coast to the west coast, right. I take pieces, so that's my thing. Yes. I kind of make them all kind of the same tones or, or exactly. complementing colors, and it's unbelievable how much. And even people out here are like, "Wow, you've got such a great wardrobe." I'm like, "My secret is the colors. Like, right. they get the colors together and get pieces." So I yeah. get what you're saying. I talk about that in the book too. That's really smart. And there's like, there's a lot of like Carson's confessions in the book, which are things like funny things that have happened to me, like terrible fashion tragedies and disasters that I've experienced myself but also like cool like celebrity things Yeah. and one thing to your point about yep. keeping the colors the same when you travel I was doing like a talk show and Joan Rivers was also a guest yeah. and we became friends on uh-huh. QVC and I'm, I can't believe that I know you know knew her and yeah, she was so awesome woman, yeah and but she was, you know, getting ready to go on the show, and um, her stylist is a guy named Carrie, who I also knew from another project, and he just had a rolling rack, and it was like five jackets, five pants, five shirts, but it was all like black and white and yeah. all kind of Chanel. And you could have taken any one of the tops and mixed it with any one of the bottoms and it would all work. Yeah. So it's a great philosophy of like kind of like defining your wardrobe. Right. And when you're traveling, like keep the color palette like one, two, three, like black, white, and one color. Yeah. And it'll work amazingly. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as you know what that color is, go with it. Like I like nudes, like the bl- nudes, the blushes, right. black, right. white. And then I got to have a little bit of hot pink in there. Just right. Just something, you know. Yeah. You need one like one like power color yeah. if it's like chartreuse or hot pink yeah. or burgundy or royal blue. Um, to mix with those like great basics like the nudes and the blacks and the whites. I can't not ask you to tell me about a Carson confession because oh. everyone wants to know what's what to read and what's a Carson confession. Oh, so a Carson confession is are these like personal stories of my like either triumphs or tragedies when it comes to fashion. Um, one of them in the book is like a triumph that I had at an outlet mall where I found some Tom Ford shoes. Oh man. Which like <laughs> I don't buy them. I mean like um, because they're thousands of dollars Um, so I you know for things like that you want to look for a deal Yeah. and I went to an outlet mall here in California and there were these shoes and they were like in like a display case and I was like why are they in there and then I went up and they were Tom Ford shoes that's why and um, I had a coupon um, for um, 50% off something. I was like, oh my God, these shoes are like 650, but I'll get them for like 325. And they're Tom Ford. And they're Tom Ford. <laughs> and they were my size. Because oh, I bought stop. shoes that weren't my size. Like I bought Louboutins at fit. the Barney's outlet that were like 11s. And I just wear three pairs of socks, but it's worth it. <laughs> but these were actually my size. <clears throat> and when I got to the register, I, I saw in the coupon, it said, you know, um, take 50% off your lowest priced item. And I had like a t-shirt and I had these shoes. Oh. And I was just like, womp, womp. And then I went to the register and the woman's like, which item would you like to use the coupon for? And I'm like, ah, uh, the shoes? Yeah. And she's oh. like, sure. And I literally thought they were going to arrest me for shoplifting. And I was waiting for security to be like, ma'am, ma'am, come back here. Right. Um, but um, I made it out and I sped over to the Barney's warehouse in record time. So like, I'm done. I I got the shoes. I'm out of here. So that's one. And then another one was um, 
You've been to like when you go to like these gifting suites for like the Emmys or the Oscars yes. or whatever, and I'm lucky enough to sometimes do the red carpet for those things, so I get invited as mm-hmm. well. And there's a lot of cosmetic companies that are giving out new products, yes, and they, they love are. to have you hold, hold their it. product yep. with a celebrity, so it gives them some like a mini endorsement. Totally. Got and it. Mm-hmm. there was a new product, and it was supposed to freeze your skin, like freeze <sighs> okay. the wrinkles off. And they did it on your hand, and they put it on my hand. I was like, oh my god, it totally works! Like right. fills in the holes with something, and then it smoothed it all out. So I thought if it works on the hand, I would put it around my like crow's feet, around right. my eyes. Uh-huh. So I did, and I went to like a big red carpet event in New York, and I walked the red carpet, which had normal lighting and everything was fine. And then I went into like the party room, like to where you'd sit down for dinner and dancing and whatever. And everybody was kind of like, you know, you walk through a room and people are just like looking at you, <laughs> which can be either really good or really really bad. Yeah. And then I got to my table, my friends were like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? And I said, what? And they're like, your eyes are glowing like a like a raccoon that escaped from Chernobyl. Stop it. Um, and the cream <laughs> that I put around my eyes was um was like day glow in certain lighting. It was that. You know that like purpley pink like banquet lighting, like that mermaidy kind of lighting. Yeah, that yeah. they do at like big fancy weddings. Yeah, uh-huh. they had that lighting, and my face was glowing. It was almost like you had black light. That kind of yeah. light is a little bit black it's light. Like black light. And sometimes it, I've had nail polish that glows underneath that light. Yeah, so it did made, the photos turn out like that? It made the photos were fine, oh, but God. the actual party room, um, and I think I like I couldn't even wash it off. Like I went to the bathroom and it was like so embedded. Yeah, because it, that stuff dries. I think the whole point is like it's supposed to dry right yeah. and make it like a plaster. But um, so the moral of that story is try your new cosmetics before you go out. I with have them. a very serious, serious, like similar story. I had, you know, that HD white powder when it first mm-hmm, came out mm-hmm. and I was like, puff, 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 right. literally. And then I'm bl- you know, bluffing it away, bluffing it away. And I walk into, um, you know, a party as well. And I didn't notice that there was white powder all around my nostrils. Right. And people were looking at me like, huh. Right, girl. We need to get you to rehab. Yeah, you can't even wipe that off. Right. So yeah, I get it. You know, I love, love, love this book. I also love your book that you wrote that I don't have right in front of me, but you're different and that's super. Yes. Oh, Thank you. Um, Love that one. That was just, you know, that's a kid's book. Yeah. Simon and Schuster. And um, it's that classic ugly duckling story, and it was it was a story about diversity. And it was, I was inspired by two things. Mm-hmm. I saw this um, Henry David Thoreau quote in the, his book on Walden Pond or whatever, and it was like that which makes you different makes you stronger or yes. something. Um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a great like title. I was like, let's do you're different and that's super. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was. Um, inspired by two things like obviously growing up I felt very different mm-hmm. and like I didn't fit in with like right. you know other kids are like like oh look at my new Hot Wheels and I'm like <laughs> aren't Farrah Fawcett's bangs amazing on Charlie's <laughs> Angels um, like I was I didn't really connect to uh-huh. other kids right um, so you feel kind of like like you're in your own world yeah um, and then you hope that there's something about you that like will be like you're saving right your salvo your saving grace and so that's the story in this book it's about this like pony I grew up on a po- horse farm I know you're that's um, every horse enthusiast yeah and um, who thinks he's useless but and then he like feels this bump growing on his head he's like oh my god what is this I don't this is weird oh I can't let anyone know about this and he's actually a unicorn yeah I know super gay no and, it's awesome um, though but his special skill and his horn actually saves the day when a tragedy unfolds and um, he becomes celebrated um, for his difference um, and that's you know and I I thought that like not that many little kids felt different but even my niece who was like 
eight years old and she was like, I don't know, like five feet or something. Yeah. She was like super tall. Wow. And she's like, everyone like picks on me because I'm so tall. And I'm like, oh girl, that's going to come in handy later. Trust Just me. wait. Just wait five minutes. You um, know? Yeah. But you so, know, I, I know it's a kid's book, but there were so many things in there that I, I you know, I have two nieces and right. I'm like, I do not, there's certain things that happened to me when I was a kid that I don't mm-hmm. want to happen to them. Like right. I was like the brown girl in my school. Everybody else had the white skin. You right. Know, and I was the only ethnic one and people came right. up to me and be like, does everybody in your country look the same and meanwhile I'm born here you know what I'm right, saying what do you right. mean my country so I don't want those things to happen right and so books like this actually make make I think relate to everyone like even right. me reading it it kind of brought back those memories mm-hmm. of God I wish I had this book when I was a kid you right know? yeah I, I, I'm thrilled with the way it turned out and like parents come up to me like oh my god it's such a good book and my kids love it and it's just I'm thrilled with it. So. Yeah, I am too. I think Thank that it's amazing. You. I can't read, wait to read this other book. What's coming <clears> up for you? I know that you've got Celebrity Apprentice oh, coming up. Yeah, I have. Um, I actually have a new show uh-huh. on um, on GSN, and it comes out November fifteenth. It's called Window Warriors. Oh, and I wow. think you're gonna like it. Window Warriors. Tell me about that. Um, it is. Um, well, especially if you're from New York, um, you know that holiday time, like you go to Lord and Taylor and Saks and Bergdorf's yeah. and their windows are like over the top. Yeah. And um, they're, they're works of art. They are. Yeah. And this is a show. It's a competition reality show. And they're window designers from all over the country. And they're vying for a chance to win $100,000 and a holiday window at Macy's. So uh, what I huge. love about it, it's like it, it kind of um, shows you the wizardry behind like how do they make these things work and how do they make the robots move and what like things they can and do with fishing the line concepts and concepts are insane yeah yeah and the concepts and i also love like you know it's about creating a beautiful window but it's also about like brand messaging and i love that whole like merchantainment part of it all yeah. where it's like we're selling something but it's also like telling a beautiful story right. or a scary story or an elegant story and the creative process, like I know with some of the other shows out there, like it's always mm-hmm. that creative process that is so engaging. People don't understand what that yeah. means. And when they see it, it's like, wow. There's not a lot of shows about art and artistry. Um, and I think that's why people do respond to like things like Project Runway. Yeah. And GSN has another show called um, Skin Wars about like body oh, that's painting. that's a great show, yeah. Um, and it's the same producers. And I think, you know, they're hoping that people will also, like you said, enjoy seeing the process and, and seeing that creativity so I had a great time filming it um, like I said it airs November 15th I think it's Thursdays at 8 on oh, wow. GSN okay that's fab um, and then yeah in January um, I have the Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger so this is crazy because you're with the first seat set of people isn't this the first time without yeah. the D without yes. the Donald without the D yeah <laughs> without, without the, do- without the, the D, D the D is <laughs> the appropriate big D. yeah the big D yeah it's so appropriate um I have to ask, what was that like? Because you've obviously seen what the Trump was like. Right. How was it different? What do people um, expect out of this? Yeah, I mean, I um, I can't get into too many details about the actual show, but um, I don't know if I would have done it with Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't know what to expect from Arnold, but um, after having done the show, um, I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I thought he was smart, engaging. Um, he's a huge entrepreneur mm-hmm. that most people don't realize before he even made, you know, his money in movies, he had made a million dollars coming to L.A. with nothing, basically, and working in construction and buying an apartment and then buying two and, like, really... Um, he's very entrepreneurial. Creating an empire of his own. Him, yeah. um, so he has those smarts, and I thought he was a great leader. And I think people 
are really going to appreciate what he brings to the show. So it's definitely a new show with new blood and having yeah, audience. It it's, feels fresh it's, again. It's totally new. I mean, the, you know, the one in New York was Trump and it was Trump Tower and it was, you know, people were working in and around New York City, which I would have loved because I live yeah. in New York and I, I feel like I would have, you know, done better. Yeah. You know, like, you know your turf. But yeah. this year it's... um. It's uh, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, and Arnold is so pro California. Obviously, he was the governor, so he, yeah. you know he loves California and um, Silicon Beach, which is like you know Playa del Rey and all that stuff over on the west side um, is featured, and we do a lot of things for you know it's it's California plays a big role in California the show. California is a central character, yeah, as, as exactly. To New York. So that's going to feel very new. Yeah. So new host, new setting, and then um, I can talk about the cast. I mean, I would love to. Yeah, can you tell me? It's who's so on weird. With you? Yeah, because it's bizarre. Like Boy George like, is on. Yeah, I've done reality <laughs> shows like many of them, but they're yeah. generally centered around like. A purpose, like you're right. making people over, or you're redoing somebody's house, right. or you're planning a wedding. But I haven't ever done like a competition reality show where I'm competing with other, you reality know, celebrities, yeah, uh-huh. and, and it's just like I'm working with Boy George, and I'm like, I used to roller skate to my base <laughs> in my basement to Karma so Chameleon, crazy, right? And like, shouldn't you be much older than me? Like, how is like, how do you look exactly the same? <laughs> um, and he looks exactly the same, and um, so you work with them or couple Real Housewives, one from Atlanta, one from Beverly Hills. Can you say who they are yeah, yet? Yeah, Kyle okay. Richards. Kyle Richards. <clears throat> um, oh, I knew Kyle was doing it, yeah. And uh, Portia Williams. Portia. And um, and I was a fan of Kyle's, you know, before we did the show. Yeah. So I knew her. Um, and then, like, a lot of, like, pro football players that I didn't know. It's like um, Eric Dickerson, who was, like, a famous, like, L.A. Ram. That's, I don't know anything that, about football. I don't know either. So, <laughs> but I went to that. a Rams game because someone had tickets, and then like <laughs> oh, Eric Dickerson was like okay. being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I was like, I have his number in my phone. I'll like, how weird is hi. that? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of um, great athletes. Lisa Leslie, who's an Olympic uh, basketball oh, yeah, player, yeah, she's fab. Yeah, um, she's great. And uh, Layla Ali. Oh my god, um, that's amazing. And uh, Carney Wilson, uh, Vince Neal. Stop from. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Right? Amazing. Um, he always had amazing jewelry. Like Did every day he, like he would show up. Like jewelry. Wow. Yeah. It would be like a Rolex that was like worth more than my house wow. because it was encrusted in diamonds. I was like, could I try that on? Like, oh, Vince. And, hey. Um, yeah. And I, Motley and I Crue did. did well for you, huh? I That's did. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to see the new one. I actually like Sor- <clears throat> Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's funny. As a governor, I wasn't really, I didn't pay much attention right. to him. Like, whatever. But then that, as soon as he gets off, he's doing all like that actor thing again. I'm like, That's the part of him that I, yeah, you know, the funny part. He can be funny. He can be yeah, self deprecating a little yeah. bit. He is a great a great personality, and I yeah. think people will see a different side of him on the show because we've never seen him. Um, obviously, we've seen him as a real person, as mm-hmm. governor, mm-hmm. and in his political speeches. But just seeing him kind of be Arnold yeah. um, and not playing a character in a movie is something different and new. And he's pretty great. That's amazing. What about your book? You're doing a book tour. Where yes. can people find this book? I really am okay. telling you, it's you got to buy this. Thank you. Does this book make my butt, butt look, look big? big? You can get it anywhere you get books: Amazon.com, <laughs> Barnes and Noble. Just go to Amazon. Um, go to Amazon. Amazon. It's easy. Yeah. Um, you can go to my website, CarsonCressley.com, and you can find out where you can get it. Um, or you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook. 
uh, Twitter at Carson Kressley, and it has some of the tips from the book, and it has um, all the places you can buy the book. And um, on Amazon, I know they can preview the first few pages. Just yes. read it, because there's no way you won't want to get the book after that. And your show is on the 15th of November. Yeah, November 15th, Game Show Network, Window Warriors, um, at 9, 8 central. And I have to close by saying happy birthday. Your birthday's coming up on November 11th. It is, yes. I'm going to be so 47. Happy. I'm so you know, old. I'm almost like AARP. <laughs> It's really getting scary. Well, it's getting scary for all of us, but you look fabulous. Because like one of the guys from 90210 is on the cover of I, AARP. I saw, I saw that. That doesn't like, even make sense. He was in high school ending. 20 years ago. It doesn't make sense. So. I know. Anyway, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having I'm, me. I, I'm, I'm such a big fan, and meeting you in person is just, you're, you're even more thank you. person. Thank you. Got it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.